Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Find your seat. It's so good to see all of you. Shout out to Ed Flanagan. His birthday was yesterday. He's on the safety team. He serves his tail off. There's a team of people that, that serve if there was ever anything to happen, the, the team. So Ed, happy birthday yesterday. Rosie's birthday was yesterday too. Rosie, if you're watching online, she's not here, is she? Happy birthday. Some anniversaries. Carl and Jane, they had 29 years. John James, Angie James, you're, you're matching. You're wearing red. You guys are awesome. Power couple, five years this week. God bless you guys. Well, I get to share a message today about trusting in the Lord. So turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter three. We're going to look at a set of verses that are some of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. And they're verses that I got to think about uh, the last two weeks. So the last two weeks, I was in Alaska with my wife, Erica. We were leading a mission trip and we talked some kids about trusting in the Lord. And so today's message is going to be a continuation of our series on Proverbs, and it's going to be about trusting in the Lord. Cool? All right. So stand up. Let's read Proverbs chapter three. It'll be on the screens. It'll be in your Bibles. This is the NASB translation that I'm very familiar with. So it says this, Proverbs three, Verse one, it says, my son, do not forget my teaching. And of course, it's writing, he's writing to, it's Solomon writing to humanity. So sons, daughters, we're all included here. Do not forget my teaching. This is the teaching of the Lord. But I have your heart comply with my commands for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck, like wear kindness and truth like a necklace so that you will remember it, so that all people looking at you will see kindness and truth and write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will win favor and good reputation in the sight of God and man. And then this verse, one of my favorites, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Let's pray. Lord, this is our prayer this morning that you would make our paths straight, that you would help us, Lord, in the best of days, in the hardest of days, Lord, that we would trust you, that we would acknowledge you, that you would make our path straight through this life. Lord, we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you trust in the Lord, church, would you say amen? Amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. So uh, I just have to thank a bunch of people because Erica and I uh, were gone the last two weeks. Brett Davis, preached huge thanks to Brett Davis. He did great. Uh, it's wonderful to have you shepherding this flock as a co-shepherder uh, in, of the Lord's people here in Manitou. Uh, I think about Danae and Dan. Oh, they're standing together at the back there, holding down Danae and Chris leading worship. Dan is like the MVP doing tech and building and the youth ministry and pretty much everything around here. Dan has his hands in, so thank you. And Beth and Jane and Meredith downstairs and Joanna, where is she? She's probably serving some. There she is. She's walking up. Um, just a team team of people at New Life Manitou taking care of details and preaching and shepherding. So God bless all of you. It's wonderful when, when uh, we can go away and serve on a mission trip and lead. It was really a prophetic trip because our trip was the first trip of, a, of the congregation.
expectations of new life since COVID of shenanigans. When we brought teams back off the field, we hadn't sent a mission trip until this trip to Alaska just last week. So it was wonderful. We had different congregations and representatives. And so I will share some stories from this trip because the theme of the trip, so the week that we were there, what we got to do is work with kids at a public park. And we, I'm gonna talk a lot about this mission trip because we're gonna end up doing this mission trip next summer. New Life will send teams the summer after that and the summer after that. It's a great trip to do and to send teams. This, this uh, mission organization is called GraceWorks and they host teams in Anchorage and outside of Anchorage, uh, Alaska. And what they do is they go, they go to public parks. So we went to a public park and teams previous to our week had been there playing with kids, setting up a time to teach them songs, teach them a Bible message. In our week, we got five days with these kids at a public park and we got to teach them about trusting in the Lord with all their heart and leading not on their own understanding, but in all their ways, acknowledging him. And what does that mean? That the Lord will make their little paths straight through their life. And it was wonderful. It was like 30 to upwards of 40 kids coming to this park. We got to spend every afternoon with them. And it was just wonderful. These kids would be considered like underprivileged kids. And I think in our world, uh, what that means is parents make less money. That's usually what that means. But but it's, it's more than that. These kids that we got to work with really needed the love and support uh, of, of people and Christians coming in and teaching them. They, they, they weren't poor in the sense, I mean, I've been to really poor countries. I've been, uh, traveling is one of my hobbies. I love to travel. I've traveled a lot for vacation, traveled a lot for mission trips. Uh, I've been to 74 different countries. I praise God like that. I, that's a lot of countries for me. And I praise God that I've had all those opportunities. And I've seen poverty like in Thailand, like thatched houses built with uh, floors of mud and whole families living in there. I've been to the slums of Nairobi, Kenya and the shanty towns. I've, I've been to uh, the Nepal villages where all they had to eat for three meals a day was rice and maybe sometimes some lentil soup. And that's all they had. And that's, they, they just got by. That's what they you know, that's what they lived on. And these kids weren't poor in like those conditions, but these kids that we realized after a week of serving with them and serving them and playing games with them and talking with them and teaching them Bible stories and trusting in the Lord, that they, they were in need of like parental figures, especially like male figures in their lives. Here's kids, um, some of them, not all of them, wore the same thing for all five days, dirty little clothes. Some of them would show up, like our program was in the afternoon, like one 30 to 4.30. Some of them would show up late and they're like, oh, you're just getting here? Yeah, I just woke up. Oh, from a nap? And like, no, like, like just woke up. And we're like, oh, like, do, do you have someone in your life that like is putting you to bed at the right time and waking you up? Like what happens when school starts in two weeks and you're, you're used to waking up at the time school is letting out? Like here's some kids in need of like some parental love and, and, and structure. And like one of the kids had chocolate on his face day one, day two, and day three. And uh, the, the morning we were going there talking, we were arguing. It's like, is it, uh, is it a birthmark or is it chocolate? And some of the people are like, no, he's had it for three days. It's definitely a birthmark. We can't bring it up at this point because if, you know, if it is a birthmark, we don't want to embarrass him. But the fourth day we get there and it's off. His face is like, oh, good. It's, it was just chocolate for, for a while. Like, what, like, like your little life is 
you know, these are kids that are like latchkey kids. Maybe you've heard that term. The kids that just kind of are raising themselves. Older elementary school kids was the majority of our park and younger middle school kids. And we got to work with them. And every day we got to um, teach them this verse. And so we would, we would talk to them about what trusting in the Lord meant. And we would give them a candy if they attempted to say the verse and memorize the verse. And we ended up giving them so much candy. We're like, felt bad. We're like, we're going to make these kids sick. So then we started giving them, where's Joanne Wallers? There she, oh, she's serving in the back. So Joanne knitted, is it knitted the right word? Or crocheted these little dolls, like some of them Bible characters. We had like grocery bags of like little animals and pigs and horses and, and giraffes. And so then we were like, oh, we should give these away. So they would say, the verse and we'd give them these little things and little things to just honor them for memorizing the verse and they loved them and every day we got to teach the kids some part of what it meant under this greater heading of what it means to trust in the Lord and we had this little song and this little dance that we did we learned as a team and we did this little dance and my wife would like to (laughs) do you want to do it all right, stay, stay. Sam, you were on the trip too. You could just stay where you are. Sam, he's up there. So uh, you stay right there. Do you want to do the, do you remember the dance? He doesn't want to. He, okay, all right, stand up, Sam and, and Erica, stand up. So we don't need this. I'll, so it's trust. This is the T. Trust, 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 trust in the Lord. And this is the sign language for Lord. And lean not on your own. Oh, with all your heart, with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he, 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 he will make your path straight. (laughs) On car, get out of here. I know enough to know that that was not that great. But the kids loved it. The kid, especially the little, some of the little boys were like, I'm not doing that. But the little girls, they loved it and they got into it and it was a fun little, we'd start every lesson time with that and the kids would come running over and we'd teach them a little lesson and what it meant to trust the Lord. So today, a three-point sermon, uh, of course, because that's what I preach, that, that we trust in the Lord, point number one, that we lean not on our own understanding and if we do these things and we acknowledge him, then he will direct our steps. He will make our path straight is the, is the version, the NASB that I've memorized. And so this first point, trust in the Lord. This may be the scariest, most difficult thing you can do in your life. It may be the scariest. It may be at times the most difficult thing you can do, but it is also the most rewarding thing that you can do in your life. The word trust, it means a firm belief in the reliability of something. And we trust in things all the time, the things that we can see, things that we can manipulate, things that we have control over, things that we can touch and feel. Like like when I said, everyone may be seated, you all just sat down and we just trusted that the chairs would keep us. We didn't, I, I don't, I hope no one was like, I, I hope this chair can hold me. I hope I don't bust my back and then break my skull. Like none of you, probably, we just trusted in the chair. We're trusting right now that these beams are holding up the building, right? And I, you're, you're trusting that. No one even thought about that. Like we trust in the things we're familiar with, the things we know, the things we see. But what's very difficult is to trust in something, in someone that we we don't see. Exodus 33, 20 says, no one can see God and live. Like we don't, like it takes something from us to trust in the Lord. It is not easy at times. It is very hard and it is very scary at times, if we're honest, to trust in the Lord. It's like he is 
Uh, he's beyond our senses. We can't manipulate God. We can't put God in a box and, and as this little thing that we can, like we, we have no control over him. He is God. He is other. And we mold ourselves and trust in him, even though like we can't see him. We can't manipulate him. It's like our senses. Like we have these senses as human beings and we could sense uh, the dimensions of the world we live in. Let me get a little scientific for you. We live in four dimensions. You know what they are? Like height and, 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 and what's the down and the left and the right and, the, and the, this way and that way. So that's three, right? And then we also have the dimension of Time, yeah, so there's four dimensions. And then if you get into science and like uh, th- theoretical science, there, there may be more, but, but for the sake of this uh, very simple scientific explanation, four dimensions. And we can think about like what it would be like to live in two dimensions. There's this very famous uh, metaphor novella called Flatlands that this guy named Edwin Abbott wrote in the 1800s. I'm a huge fan of it. Lots of pastors use this as a, as a metaphor because it's really a really good one. And so if there is a flat land and all people can experience is two dimensions, then we as like a three-dimensional uh, physical people can look onto this this flat world and and we would kind of see them from a different angle. So I woke up early and I made this uh, drawing, which um, I'll be selling prints of this later if you're interested. Uh, I need to, James, would you come up and hold? Would you just be a volunteer to hold this? So this is a flat land and James is our, you're leading our men's camping trip coming up. So uh, what way to go? He's got his M3 shirt on. Show this off. Look at that, M3. Uh, That's our men's ministry. Oh, you're right. That's last year's shirt. We'll get a new shirt this year when we go camping. Anyway, sorry. Thank you. Distracted. Flatlands. So if, if one guy, let's say the guy on the right was looking at the guy on the left, all he would see would be like a line. Like we can see like this direction that that's a person, but all the guy on the, on the right would see of the guy on the left would be a line. If the guy on the left rose his hands and the line would get bigger. If the guy squatted down, he would see the line get smaller. And let's just pretend that they can talk and, and they can walk and stuff like that. But all they would see if they looked right or left would be line. If they looked up or down, they would just see lines. And so we, as three-dimensional physically looking at this, if we wanted to, like, to put something in there, like a, a famous example is like a ring. If you wanted to put a ring into this picture, then you, you, you could like push it through. What these people would see would be like a line, and then the line would turn into what? Two lines, and it would get farther apart, part, and then it would go back together and be one line, and then it would disappear. And they would just be like, whoa, that was cool. What was that? Like a, lines just came in, and they turned into two lines, and then they disappeared. That was kind of weird. And one of them might say something like, man, do you think that was like something from another dimension? And the other guy would be like, are you stupid or something? Like, no, like this, it was a line and then two lines and then one line and it was gone. And the other one's like, no, I think it's like a, like a ring. And he's like, what? Like, this isn't even, like it's another dimension, right? And if James was to like put his hand over one of the guys, one of the guys would be like, man, I feel the presence of like James. <laughs> And the other guy would be like, no, you don't. Like, there's nothing, like, we can't sense that. We can't, like, no, we can't manipulate, we can't experiment on the hand of James. And if James was like to breathe on one of the guys, one of the guys, he would be like, I feel the, the, the breath of James. And the other guy would be like, 
are you stupid or something? Like, no, we don't, we don't know that. Like, you can't do that. And, but we, as three-dimensional people, we see it clearly. We see the, 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 their stick figures and Jane, and we're like, oh, we know it. But it's kind of, isn't that kind of like us, like this metaphor? It's all just a metaphor, and it kind of brings in science, but it's kind of pseudoscience. But anyways, like, we see the world in the two dimensions like from a perspective. And I wonder if it's like that with God, that God is outside of our dimensions of time and space. And when we trust in him, it's, it's like we're worshiping the one who's the creator of the dimensions. And we talk about things like hope and faith and love and truth. And it, it doesn't make sense to the people who just don't get it, who don't believe. So, James... Well done. I'll need that back. This is. As as oh yeah, thank you. As he said, it's almost as good as my dance moves. This drawing. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back. <laughs> so where was I? The kids. We had the kids talk about what it meant to trust in the Lord for them. And we had on one of the days, it was this lesson with like, we gave them all little bags and we had fabric markers and they wrote their names on the bag. And then we asked the kids, like, draw something that represents you trusting in the Lord. You draw anything. I said, what what should we draw? Well, we'll draw something that you're, you're hoping the Lord will do or you're trusting that the Lord is over a situation. And so the kids did this and they got a little, one of the Joanne's little, little stuffed animal things if they did it. And so a lot of kids did. A lot of the older boys are like, I'm not drawing nothing. They're too, they're too cool for that. So they went and played four square and that's fine. But a bunch of the kids drew something and, and they turned in their work and got the little doll thing. And we'd ask them, well, what, what did you draw? And one kid drew like a picture of himself and then a couple other kids that look kind of mean. And we said, what's this? He said, well, I'm trusting in the Lord that this school year will be better. Last year, some kids bullied me at different times and I'm trusting that the Lord will be with me. And we got to have a conversation like, oh yeah, let's, the Lord is watching over you. He is protecting you. Another little girl drew a picture of a house and someone else on our team said, oh, you, why'd you draw a house? And later we would, as a team, talk about this little girl that her situation situation is such that she lives in a little mobile home. There was like a sea of mobile homes surrounding this park. And I think their family was renting it and they had too many people living there. Like brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and friends were staying there. So they were going to get evicted. And this little girl was like trapped in the, like just hearing her parents talk about the stress of like, where are we going to go when we get evicted? And so the little girl drew a house and she was hoping and trusting that the Lord would provide and take care of her family. We just thought that's a great thing to trust in the Lord for. This is what this lesson is all about. And so I just have, as I wrap up this first point, like, what would you draw? I don't know that none of, none of you are, are have little bags and are drawing something right now, but what would you draw? What would you think about? What situation in your life, just between you and the Lord, would you want to bring to him to trust in the Lord for? So we trust in the Lord. And the, the point number two of this sermon is that we don't lean on our own understanding. We lean upon God's understanding. We acknowledge him in our ways. There's different ways. I could list probably a thousand ways that we can trust in our own understanding and not in the understanding of the Lord. 
But I think about these three things that I'm gonna mention that, that we, we go up against people who don't trust in the Lord, but they just trust in their own certainties. I think we all, it's easy to see in other people that, that we, like we, we run into arrogant people who know all the answers, know it all, uh, prideful people who just wanna argue and debate and they've got it all figured out and they just know, like that's not trusting to me. As Christians, like let me give you permission to talk about words like hope and faith and, and trusting in the God that we can't see, but we believe in and we hope in. God is unchanging and we mold ourselves as we learn about him to him. So there's this, this like, like the certainty thing. And we as Christians, we could kind of get into this too. Like just like thinking we have it all figured out, trusting in our own understanding. Like I've got God all figured out. I got this formula for God. I got them all figured out, easy peasy. It's like, no, no, you don't. Like I remember thinking about this in seminary. I went to um, Fuller Theological Seminary, seminary I can't say the word, um, uh, working on my master's degree, had a lot of great professors. One of my favorite professors, a guy named Dr. Charles Scalise. And he, he's uh, a professor, he's published books. So he's a really good teacher, professor, thinker. And I looked on the Fuller website, he's still teaching there, hasn't retired yet. So to, like 20 years ago, when I was in my 20s, I, I was taking these first set of seminary courses, took a systematic theology course. And this guy, Charles Scalise, he was, he was from Seattle. And I remember the first day of class, he was like, okay, so you're not allowed, the school rule is you're not allowed to eat or drink in here, okay? But I'm from Seattle and we drink coffee. So coffee is allowed. And we're all like, yeah. And in fact, in fact, any form of legal caffeine is allowed in this class. And then he had this crazy laugh, like, Wah! and we just looked at each other like, this guy needs to calm down. But a great teacher and very enthusiastic teacher. And one of his lessons early on that I think about still to this day, that if we think we have God figured out, well, then that's God in a box. And we have to be wrong because God isn't in a box. Like we don't have this all-knowing creator, unmoved mover, uncreated creator. We can't have him all figured out. And so we must trust in him and not lean on our own understanding. Another way we lean on our own understanding is of course, like in, in what we pile up for ourselves. We're not trusting God, but we're making little kingdoms for ourselves. We idolize comfort. We idolize money. We get and get in the name of like greed or just having more or saving. And, and I think we're all guilty of this, of like trusting in that and not in the Lord. Proverbs 18 puts it this way. 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. That should be our tower. The name of the Lord, the righteous run to it and are safe. But the wealth of the wicked of the rich, the wealth of the rich is their fortified city. So there's people who have the name of the Lord as a fortified tower. And then there's the rich who have the fortified city of wealth. And they imagine a wall too high to scale. And it's like, well, that's the name of the Lord is the fortified tower. And the rich, like that's honestly, that's all of us in here, like we live in a pretty blessed country, which is great. And, and we have, we have, and we often, I think, struggle with making wealth our fortified city when we all know, we've all seen people, we've maybe experienced this in your life, where overnight, a lawsuit, a, a injury, a health situation could wipe out your entire savings. We trust in the Lord. A very famous verse in the Bible, some trust in 
chariots, some in horses. What are those modern day things? I don't know. What are those things in your life? We trust in chariots and horses. The ancient world trusted in those things. But we, like even we today, we trust in the name of the Lord. Another famous verse in in the book of James says, we don't even know what'll happen tomorrow. What is your life? Aren't we just a, a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes? Like we trust in the Lord. We don't trust in the things of our own understanding. And finally, um, I think of people who have trusted in the Lord. Maybe this is you at some point in your life and then you walk away from that trust. Or maybe you know people in your life. I've been pastoring or a leader in a church and then pastoring for about 20 years now. And I've seen people over the years as a youth pastor and now a pastor of uh, this congregation in Manitou, seen people over the years that trusted in the Lord and then something will happen in their life. Proverbs 1 talks about like a terror coming in like a hurricane or disaster coming in like a tornado. Things of life happening, a funeral, um, I don't know, a divorce, a relationship that gets broken, a job that's lost. I think of people at different stages of life, something bad will happen. And then they're like, why would God allow that? Where is, where was God? And they begin to distrust the Lord and move away from him. And then what they begin to hold is cynical, bitterness, strife. I think we all probably know people like that. So they're trusting in their own like understanding of what the Lord was up to and they don't like it. And so they get cynical. I think of when these disasters happen in people's lives, when, when they will happen probably in our own lives, there's a choice we make to, to, to run away from the Lord and to blame him and to become so cynical and dark and to stop trusting or there's people that run into the arms of the Lord and not understand why the bad things happen to good people, but to trust that the Lord is in charge. Today, some of you know this couple, I won't say their names, um, but to honor them, there, there's a funeral that, that some of us are going to this, this afternoon, and it's people in our church that have lost uh, a, um, an adult daughter. And this, this woman um, got diagnosed with Huntington's disease something like 15 years ago as a, as a young woman. And if you know anything about that disease, it's a horrible monster that, that slowly, like over the course of 15 years, ends up taking a life uh, of the person. There's no cure to it. Um, the person will begin slurring their speech, and then just kind of being clumsy uh, out of nowhere. And then we'll start a long degradation of the human body that they can't walk anymore. They can't talk anymore. They, they end up not eating and drinking and, and they end up being, have to be t- taken care of. And so this, this wonderful mom and dad have been taking care of this girl for years and years and years. And just last week and a half ago, she passed away and, and they're members of our church. Half of you probably know who I'm talking about. And I think of them this couple, like here a disaster has been handed to them and their daughter, they have to take care of their adult daughter through this horrible long stretch of years and years. And they could become cynical, like where was God in that? But instead these people are the most faithful, trusting the Lord kind of people you will ever meet. Like we trust in the name of the Lord. Some people trust in their own understanding that they think they can have God figured out, but we trust in the name of the Lord. This last point, if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we lean not on our own understanding, and if in all our ways we acknowledge him, then he will make our path straight. 
is what the NASB says. He will give us righteousness. He will make our ways a part of his ways. He will direct our steps if we trust in him. Some of us have uh, lives and we think about our past and it's like, how can I ever get on the right path with the Lord anymore? How can I ever find you know, back, my way back to the Lord? Some of us are carrying that. Some of us might know people who are carrying that. Maybe we've invited them, invited them to church. It's like, no, 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 that's, that's not for me anymore. But how do you get back to the Lord? How do you get on the, a righteous path? How do you become righteous? Well, it's, it's not of your own doing. It's not of your own work. It's the work of the Lord and we just trust in him and then he will do that for us. He will make our paths right. He will direct us. He will make us righteous. Let me give you one last story from from the Alaska trip. it was, it was everybody like, uh, this is like day three, I think. Everybody on the trip like had stories of like great conversations they either had with the kids or uh, had with one of the adults walking by or in the park. Like everybody had like these stories. It was really cool stories, like God moments. And I was like, man, I, I got to play Foursquare with the kids. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know, I may have made some crafts with the kids. I didn't have like one of these stories yet. And so I, I, there was the park party night where at night we invite the parents and all the kids to come back to the park and we, there's a barbecue and popcorn and face painting and just like kind of fun carnival atmosphere. At the end, we, we did this raffle, which we spent man or two money, so thanks for your giving. And we bought the kids some cool gifts. And at the end, like it was kind of a party, like we gave kids gifts, we raffled things away. It was really fun. And at this park, I was like, man, I need to like I need to start having conversations about Jesus with these people. I mean, that's why I'm here. I'm on a mission trip, for goodness sakes. Oh, what am I doing? And so I, I see two guys in the park. It's like, I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna witness to these guys I'm going to get into like on my own understanding. I'm like, I'm going to figure out how to work Jesus into this conversation. And so I tried everything. I'm like going over there. I was like talking about church and they changed the subject to like the Alaskan bush. And I'm like, man, I changed the subject. I was like, I'm a pastor. And somehow they changed the t- subject to like military service. And like, that's cool. And then some, I tried to change the topic back to like why we were here and Jesus. And we started talking about like Volks marches in Germany. And I'm like, what? I can't do that. Like, and then I got called over to do popcorn duty. He's like, man, I, I'm a pastor. I stink at this. Like, I'm not good at this. And then come to find out the two guys that I went over to witness to, they were from the church that was partnering. One of them was the pastor. The other was the elder. And I'm like, what? Like, how, when I say I'm a pastor, you should say, me too. Like, what? How did I... How do I stink at this that bad that I can't even have a conversation with a fellow pastor and work in Jesus? It's beyond me. So anyways, I'd kind of like, just forget it. Like, Lord, I, I tried to do that on my own understanding. Lord, I'm gonna put this in your hands. I'm gonna trust in you for a moment. And then sure enough, like the next day, I'd forgotten about that and I, I, I just slept it off, which was very hard to sleep in Alaska because like the, the light, it's like light till midnight. And so I slept it off and I woke up 
up the next day. I went to the park and there was this guy who was on the outskirts of the park. And I found out through like, he, he had been coming and kind of just, uh, just hanging out like a young guy. So one of those guys that like, you know, they're in their twenties, but they look much older, just hard life, face tattoos, all black. Uh, somebody in our uh, team was like, that, that guy's probably part of a gang. You know, he's just kind of walking around. We don't know what he's up to. And he might be one of, a boyfriend of one of the girls that has one of the kids there, but just, you know, he's just kind of doing his own thing. And the ball, four square ball went over there. And so I went to get the four square ball to kick it back to the kids. And the guy was like, hey. And I was like, hey. He's <laughs> like, you're from the church thing, right? I was like, yeah. And he's like, you know about the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> So let me ask you something. I thought, I, I read the situation wrong. I thought he was like going to get into a, like a debate with me or like wanted to fight me. And I just read it wrong because he's like a tough dude. And I'm like, you know, live in Manitou, white neighborhood, suburbia, whatever. I don't know the gangs. I don't know. I don't, I, it's, it's another world. So I was just like, don't hurt me, sir. Um, and and he, he's like, you know the Bible, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, and he got into this weird thing about like Noah and the flood. He's like, God said he wasn't going to judge, but then Jesus is coming back and he's going to judge. Like, what's the deal? And I was like, I don't know, man. And I, I tried to like, just like, I was rambling and kind of scared of him. <laughs> and I said like, well, Jesus, judgment is actually a good thing. Like the, the Lord judged and made the world right. He put the, the darkness and the evil to rest at the flood. And out of that came goodness and Noah's family. It's actually a story of redemption. And when Jesus comes back to judge, it's actually gonna be a good thing. He's gonna forgive people. He's gonna bring grace and he's gonna destroy evil so that up out of it, there'll be resurrected life and holiness. Amen. And, and, and so he was just listening to this and I read the situation. I thought he was wanting to debate or fight me and I read it wrong. He was there. He came, he was coming to the part, I assume, because he wanted to get right with the Lord. And he said, do you think that the Lord is going to forgive me? Uh, and do you think the Lord can forgive anything, ever, anything? And, and he, I said, yes, like that, if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, he will make us righteous. He's the one who does this. And he looked down and looked up at me and just started weeping. And then I like, of course, just started weeping because that's, that's who I am. And I, th I think like a spiritual gift of like the Lord is just doing something. Like I just start weeping like instantly. So I'm weeping, he's weeping. I put my hand on him and I said, the Lord can forgive you, trust in him. He's like, thank you, thank you so much. And he just, he just walked away. And it was just, just such a beautiful, like I wonder if I was just there to see that guy in that moment. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray over our own lives. Let's pray over that man and the kids. The band can come up as we prepare our own hearts for receiving from the Lord. Lord, we trust in you. We trust in you that we have a place at your table. Lord, that we can come to you and you, you give us of your bread and your cup, the, the body and the blood of Jesus, that we could receive your forgiveness, your holiness, Lord, as we prepare our hearts and our lives for you, Lord, we just turn them over to you. Lord, we say we trust in you. Lord, we draw pictures in our lives of things that we need to bring to you to trust, like these kids did in Alaska. They drew pictures of areas in their lives. Lord, we bring these things to you of our own lives. Lord, we bring relationships to you. We bring joblessness to you. We bring... Um, unknowing to you. We bring uncertainties to you, Lord, and, and just say, Lord, we trust you. 
Would you give us peace? Would you wash over us with your mercy and your righteousness? So Lord, as we prepare for communion in this table, Lord, we honor you with our hearts, with our trust. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.